Bobby Bones post show pre show. A lot of listeners today are giving me crap because I wear the same clothes every day, it seems like. <laughs> I just grab whatever's beside the bed at this point. I'm still a bit in corona mode, and I think I wore this shirt twice last week. Like, today is literally Monday, yeah. and this is just another day. But I mean, I'm kind of the same. I just grab it and go at this point. Maybe I'll change, or maybe this is just a new way I live. <laughs> no, it, I don't know how to go back. I had to get dressed for something the other day, and I didn't really know what to do. Well, our, our big rule, by ours, it's Caitlin's rule, is there's no street clothes in bed. If you get into bed and you, you get under the covers, nothing you've been wearing out that day gets to go under the covers. Oh, yeah. Not me. I would just get in full jeans and everything. Like, all right, <laughs> let's, let's, let's have a little shut eye. Little. Is that just to, like, switch things up or because you bring stuff from outside that into one. the bed? Yeah. She's like, no street clothes in the bed. I think mm. it's funny she calls them street clothes. That makes sense. But, yeah, no, funny, no street clothes in the bed. Um... I was gone all weekend, and I didn't get to watch the Bill and Ted movie. Because as a kid, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is my favorite movie. And I haven't seen it in a long time, but I just loved it so much. And then 2 came out, which was pretty good. But the new one came out with Keanu Reeves, and Amy and Mike D saw it. Oh, wow. The what? The new one? Didn't you watch Bill and Ted? I watched the original. Oh, you oh, did? My For the Amy. first time. Oh, great. I love this even better. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. This you assigned better. it to me months yeah, yeah, yeah. ago, and I oh, hadn't okay. done it yet. Oh, that's love, cool. Okay. Love it. Love this even more. Okay. Yeah, Eddie. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about the new one? Like, no, I watched the old no, one. No, I, I feel like I need to watch <laughs> yes. the old one before I watch the new one. You watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. With my kids. Talk, tell me about it. We all loved it. Yeah. It was great. I was like, why is this not how we did school? That because was what I took from it, too. I was entertained and also learned a lot, and it inspired me to go learn about Billy the Kid. Mm. I, said, I said this last week, Joan of Arc, Socrates, Socrates, yeah. you know, Abe Lincoln. It was fantastic, yeah. right? Khan. It really, it really Khan. was so good. And my kids were not pumped about the be- watching it in the beginning, but I told them, I said, you know, Remember, you weren't pumped about Goonies. You loved it. You weren't pumped about Back to the Future. You loved it. I was like, I know this looks old because they look at it right away and they're like, when was this made? This looks so (laughs) old. And, you know, but then I remind them that they've liked these movies. So they loved it. And so now I guess we need to watch... What do we watch next? You can just probably watch three, right, Mike? You can skip the second one. The second one was kind of a dud. I never watched the second one. Okay. Yeah, Bill and Ted's Bogus, bogus Journey. journey? Yeah, okay, yeah. I liked it because I was such a fan of that movie. I did see where Keanu Reeves said Bill and Ted are not stoners. They're just, they just, they're talk- just dumb rockers. Oh, okay. right. He was like, we are not stoners. Um, hey, so I'll go to Mike D now because, Mike D, you paid the $20. Yeah. So you bought it on demand. Yep. And? I thought it was great. I think it's probably just as good as the first one. They don't do the exact same thing. There's a whole new plot line, but I thought it was awesome. It was funny. Worth 20 bucks? Yeah. Made me feel good. Yeah, it's great. Oh, come on. I can't wait to watch. I'm going to watch it this week for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I'll, that's worth it to pay for to watch with my whole family. And she doesn't need to watch the second one, right? No, there's like a character from the second one, but... Is it the Grim Reaper? Uh, death, yeah. Yeah. But other than that, you don't need to watch the second one. Okay. Uh, what is it? What award did we get? We're on the stage. You were like, Sandy was high school football rules. The CMA. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eddie, didn't oh, you all yeah, did Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay, and so, Amy didn't get it at all. I never really got that. And then after watching it, I got it. And I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> you retroactively laughed at Eddie's award speech? Yeah. <laughs> like two years ago. Good job, Amy. So, I, yeah, I think it's a great movie. If families are looking for something to watch together... That's our thing, especially with coronavirus. There's nothing else to do, but every weekend we like to find movies to watch. And so next weekend we'll tackle three. Three. Yeah. 
Yep. I mean, you can go for two if you're just dying to. No, you I might am. like it. We'll see. Um, my voice has been in and out all day, so I'm going to. This will be the last one. Hopefully, I have to wrap up early. So we're going to wrap up the post show and get right to today's show. Uh, Brantley was on. Be sure to check out Friday's show. If you're, for some reason you missed Friday's show, we get to put Colin Ray's performance up there. Listeners loved it, right, Morgan? That they yeah. could hear us. Oh, oh they were so we, stoked about it. Well, yeah. Amy's like, oh, you don't even know. Hmm. Tell me then. No, I mean, I don't, I don't notice messages about that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. I was getting DMs and comments about it. It was also just so good. Yeah, it was great. Like, we right. got to put up all the hits that he played, it, but it was... It, so, which is rare because of the law, and you can't put up stuff on demand. When people normally have to pay for it, we can't put it up for free. That's the rule. Like, the, the general rule is we can't put something up that someone can take for free. Fast forward to a part and just listen to it over and over again, that if they normally have to pay for it. Yeah. But this, since it was only parts of songs, and also he was so good. Check it out. Friday's Bobby Bone Show podcast. Um, all right, that's it. We're going get to in, <clears throat> get into today's show. Thank you, guys. And here we go. Bones. What's happening, guys? Morning, studio. Morning. So I was in Boise, Idaho this weekend, and we were having dinner, and I was on my phone, and we had been shooting all day uh, of my Nat Geo show, and I was flipping through, and I kept seeing pictures of the guy from uh, Black Panther, the main actor, and I was like, I wonder what the, what, I just never had stopped, because sometimes on Instagram, I'm just flipping. I'm like, I'm not reading the post, but about the fourth one, I was like, why is everybody posting a picture of, his name's Chadwick Boseman? And I stopped, and I read it. And I was like, first of all, he died. If, if you're just seeing, hearing us talk about it now, he died over the weekend. And I have to say that I did like Black Panther. I thought he was a great actor, but I wasn't like a, a Chadwick Boseman super mm-hmm. fan. I just didn't know, hadn't seen enough of his movies. I saw Jackie Robinson, you're 42, mm-hmm. um, Black Panther. I don't know if I had seen anything else, but was always wonderful on talk shows. Like, seemed like a really legit nice guy. He did that one um, skit with Jimmy Fallon where he hid behind the curtain when people would come up and talk about how much that that character in Black Panther meant to them. And then he came out. But was just, like, taken aback when I read he was fighting colon cancer for years. Like, he was diagnosed in 2016 with stage 3. He shot all the stuff in the middle of treatments and chemos. Was going to a lot of hospitals to talk to kids who were also fighting cancer at the same time. And with all of this, we didn't know what was happening. And it's not our right to know, but it just says a lot about him. Yeah. He just wanted to be able to continue doing what he was doing. He's 43 years old. Died of colon cancer. 43 years old. Uh, and I'm not trying to start the show by bumming you out, but I was bummed out. And I don't normally get bummed out by celebrity deaths. Mm-hmm. I'm someone I'm like, well... Uh, they were famous to me, but they didn't affect me personally. I didn't know them, but I was bummed out by this. Chadwick Boseman, who brought the movie Black Panther alive with his charismatic intensity, has died. The article says he's battled colon cancer since 2016 and died at home with his family and wife by his side. He was 43 years old. Quote, a true fighter, Chadwick persevered through it all and brought you so many of the films that you have come to love so much. From Marshall to Defy Bloods, and they go through a bunch of his movies here. All were filmed during and between countless surgeries and chemotherapy. Again, I was a little affected when I didn't expect to be. What about you? I think the same. My kids love Black Panther, and I haven't even told them. In fact, on Saturday night, I just kind of brought him up like we should watch something, but I didn't want to tell them, and I still haven't told them because my son's not processing 
death really well, and I think he'll take it. Like he's just every he's sensitive to everything. So I haven't even told them that Chadwick had passed away, and not that they know who he is. And I certainly didn't know him beyond Black Panther or Jackie Robinson movie. But still, just that young, and then the way and to handle it in such a way. And then I was seeing even stories about how I guess his weight had been shrinking, and people would make comments, and they, but he never addressed it. But that's why he was, his body was, he was fighting cancer. But and nobody you, he knew. Looked young though. He like did. When, when he said, I mean, I would have put him at twenty five. Totally. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. I, I was. You know, for, and you can attest to this too, because your son and your daughter are both black, but for for a lot of black children, that was their first superhero that they were able to look at and go, oh, I, there are superheroes that look like me too. And I was seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of pictures, a lot of posts on Instagram of other black children who were doing the Wakanda forever. Yeah. And just all, I didn't expect to be gotten, but it was, yeah, that was a thing. It was, I had a, you know. Yeah, definitely a thing. And I have one of a mom that I follow that adopted a kid who is also black. She she's white. And she said that when in whenever he you thought Black Panther, which I don't want to give anything away from a movie. So let's just say there was a scene in Black Panther. You're going to spoil Black Panther no, right now. I'm not. So <laughs> you, I'm stopping listen, myself. Chadwick Boseman would not want you to spoil and Black I'm not Panther. Going to. OK, she just realized what Black Panther that superhero character meant for her son it wasn't resonating with her until there was a scene where she kind of was like oh wow and then she looked over and her son was crying but that's how special of a scene it was for him because it was like that's he felt a connection with him I read an article talking about how he was helping influence the role in the movie and where he wanted the accent to be African so it didn't come across as um, a leader who had been taken over by the West and, ad- and adopted that accent. Like mm-hmm. all of those things were very important wow. to him and, you know, the director in that movie. Well, anyway, I, again, not trying to, to bum anyone out to start the show, but, uh, and, but Boise was good. I mean, other no. than that, Boise was good. I had never been there before. There's, there's three states I haven't been to. Well, two now. Maine, Alaska, and it was Idaho. It was Montana, too. I've done these yeah. the last two. Um, but Boise was great. We're on on a station up there. I don't think we have a lot of listeners up there. <laughs> Why do you say that? I just I don't. I usually if I'm somewhere and there are people, someone will be like, "Hey, man, listen to the show." Yeah, I don't. Uh, we've got to do something up there. <laughs> Nobody. Uh, we need to see some ratings. I need to see some ratings or something because I, you know, just loved it. It's such an outdoorsy hiking that kind of vibe town, and we were on a river and. I'll tell you more about it later, but um, it was it was great. Weather was perfect. We whitewater kayaked. I sent Eddie a video. <laughs> I love it. It's a great video. <laughs> it's gonna it gives me a good idea what this show is gonna be like. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Holy crap! <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about it later. All right, let's get going. Hey, just appreciate you being here. We want to be your friends. We want to be your companions all day, all morning. Or if you're listening on the podcast, same thing. It's the good news countdown. Counting down the biggest good news stories across the land. All right, here we go, friends. Let's get going here. Quick hitters. Number five. A school in Fort Worth, Texas, was able to provide school supplies to all its students this year to save parents money. So 170 families decided to pay it forward, and they came up with over $5,000 and bought supplies for another school that needed them. Dang. That's baller. Multiple levels. First of all, how about this school for being able to figure out how to make have enough money to buy everybody supplies 
And then they, that is just an amazing story. Number four. Billy and Nellie Jones of Savannah, Georgia were born just four days apart back in 1920. They were married when they were both teenagers. And after 80 years as a couple, they just celebrated their 100th birthdays together. So they're both 100 years old. Mm -hmm. Golly. And they did it in the house that they built together in 1958. Wow. Okay. But the appreciation on that house, they could probably make a pretty penny off that thing. That's great. That's awesome. Just being 100 is awesome, much less your significant other. 80 years as a married couple. Oh, that's crazy. Number three. A family left a note on their door thanking their delivery drivers, along with some snacks for them to take. This is one driver's reaction that'll make you smile when you hear it. It's people like you that keep on going. You can't hear it in the club, but he does a heel kick at the end when he's walking away. This is where Caitlin, who is just such a giving person, was like, hey, well, there are a lot of delivery drivers coming by too and long days. And so we set out a big basket. And for Uber or anyone, it was like, hey, take whatever you want. There were masks in there. There was food. Well, the problem is she filled it up like three times. And she's like, okay, we're out of stuff. But I had put on my Uber Eats app, like Postmates app, hey, there's a basket of free stuff. Just take something after you drop off the food. And I left it up even though we'd already taken the basket back. And I forgot. People were, they were hitting me on the app going, hey, I'm out front. I dropped off the stuff. Where's the free stuff? And I was like, oh, no. I forgot to take that message down. Oh, I know. Yeah. A little disappointing. Number two. After spending nearly seven years in the New Jersey shelter system, Brooklyn the dog has finally been adopted. Wow, seven years. The Hamilton Township Animal Shelter in Trenton celebrated in a post. It said it took 2,536 days, but this beautiful girl has finally been adopted. That's awesome. Seven years. Here we go. And the big one here. Number one. Will Clawson just got engaged. So naturally, he asked his brother Henry Joe, who has Down syndrome, if he'd serve as his best man at his wedding. The exchange was filmed and put on Will's Instagram. This is awesome. Here's a clip. So, Will, you please say yes to be my best man. What? We want to be my best man? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Isn't that awesome? Love it. That's awesome. That was the Good News Countdown. Amy, put yourself in this husband's shoes as I read this story. This guy discovered that his wife for four years has been keeping a secret savings account. Apparently, she opened up when they first got married. She's been putting 10% of her income into it every year. If you found out, wouldn't you be so mad? Yeah, because, but why? Like, what's her reasoning why? Um, he was unhappy, confronted his wife, who told him she was saving the money as a safety net in case anything ever happened to him, or he started abusing her, telling him, quote, it's a completely healthy thing to do, especially for women. The man argued that what she was doing was extremely illogical and then was like, okay, well, I'm going to take some from our joint account and put it in a separate account for me. The wife has since left him. They're staying friends. That sounds a mature way to handle it. I think that what she's doing actually by being dishonest with it, I get if she has some deep-rooted fear that she needs to be able to have this emergency fund, I feel like she should... Tell him about it from the beginning, and that makes it healthier, whatever she called it. If you tell him about it from the beginning, it's not going to last very long. You have to hide it effectively, or you're in trouble if it's found. That's the truth of it. But yes, I'll be upset. If Uh, I find out you're being dishonest with me, I'm going to be upset. Especially if that it's about her creating a safety net if you fail her in some way, shape, or form. (laughs) Like, she's already thinking, like, I got a plan for when he's a real jerk. 
I would be upset. Yes. I'm going to go yes. You would go. Yeah. Lunchbox, what, if this happens, what do, you, what do you think? Divorce. Immediately? Immediately. That means she's hiding something. What else is she hiding? Like, that means she's been dishonest the whole time, and she's saving that because she's looking to run, so you run, and you got to get half of it now that you know it's there. The wife has since left him and is staying with friends, and the man acknowledges that they will likely get divorced. He says his friends think he is right. They've asked for a second opinion, and if he thought he was going to get sympathy, he was wrong. Many of the women that have answered to this are agreeing with her. If you do, then you have to fault her for getting caught. Because if you're going to do something like this, you better make sure it is locked in and it never finds out because that's trouble when it is. Yeah, I don't totally fault. Clearly, she has some deep-rooted reason why she believes she needs to be looking out for herself. So I don't fault her for wanting to make sure she's good to go and take care of herself. But somehow she should have found a way to be honest that she was putting away 10%. Call it for a rainy day. She doesn't have to say because what if you abuse me? But just say, I would like to take 10% of what I make and keep it in my own little fund. That's when you have. That's why you should just have separate bank accounts so then there's no arguing over money. That's how we do it. That way, hey, if you want to take your 10%, that's fine. It's less than what I make, so. But I, you just. Okay. I can't see me doing separate bank accounts. What? Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Bobby. Lunchbox. You've got to protect not, yourself, man. I'm do you not, see that? Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm not saying what Lunchbox is doing is wrong. I think whatever you have to do whatever works for your relationship, but I think that the way y'all do it is definitely the minority. Yeah, but we seem to be pretty happy. I haven't. We seem to be pretty happy. <laughs> I haven't talked to Caitlin at all. Maybe she'd want. I mean, listen, she makes her own money. Doesn't need my money whatsoever. So maybe she'd want to keep hers, so I don't get my grubby hands in hers. Yeah. No. I, I mean, see come y'all, on. y'all are gonna share. Oh, no. She's gonna oh, want to share, oh. not because of your, not because of the money thing, but because she's gonna see y'all as as one and making decisions together. And what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine. Right. Oh, no, I'm fine with that. You want to make the big mistake? I mean, I'm not dating her, but I feel like yeah. I know that that's what she would do. Oh. <laughs> All right, you guys can leave us a message on our voicemail eight seven seven seventy seven Bobby. Let me know what you do here in this situation. Give me your thoughts on it, or if this has happened to you. All right, thanks, guys. Bobby Bonchon. The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30 Second Skinny. USA Today shared a list of distinguished women in a Women of the Century series, and Dolly Parton was named one of them. Luke Bryan says his kids aren't really into music right now. Right now, they're into sports, and they love to be in the woods hunting and fishing. So the day they walk up and say, hey, Dad, teach me some guitar, I'll be ready. I'll have them a guitar, and I will teach them. But it's got to be on their terms a little bit. I'm not going to force them through a two-hour guitar lesson where they learn my little teapot. Brett Eldridge just shared the music video for his song Sunday Drive, and he cried when he watched it for the first time. He told people that he was sitting in the car with a smoothie, watching it on his phone, and he completely lost it. You can see the video at bobbybones.com. I'm Morgan number two. That's your skinny. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. A nine-year-old boy is raising money for a police officer's kids who are both battling cancer. Jaden Hooker first met Officer Frenzy when he was giving out free hugs and donuts to the Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police Department. The two have become friends, and now the youngster is working to help Frenzy's sick kids. Jaden paints rocks, sells them, and then donates some money to help cover the family's medical expenses. He and his mom have started the GoFundMe campaign for donations, and it's like, hey, you can donate, you can buy a rock, and so far it's brought in over $12,000. That's awesome. Wow. He said, even though there's COVID going on, there's a lot of good news going on in the world. So, whew, man, Jaden, that's awesome, man. Good for you. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. 
Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from St. Lucie, Florida. A 21-year-old man was driving down the road, and he had something stuck in his teeth, so he was using the rearview mirror trying to get it out of his teeth. When he wasn't paying attention to the road, went over into oncoming traffic and hit mm. a police cruiser. Ooh. The that police stinks, cruiser, though, too. The cruiser was at a red light. wasn't moving. No injuries. Nobody was hurt? Nobody was hurt, and he didn't get the piece of meat out of his teeth. Well. It's still in there. <laughs> I'm Lunchbox. That's your Bonehead Story of the Day. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Brantley Gilbert. What's happening, bud? Man. Good to see you. It's always good to see you because you don't live here. So when you do come, it's like a special occasion. Yeah, man. It's good to be out of the house for a minute. What are you doing uh, up around town? You got some work to do up here? Yeah, we came up and, and uh, played a little golf with Gator and, and Rod yesterday. And uh, just kind of taking some meetings and and trying to do something to feel productive. So I'm like, you know, there's people that are handling this thing well. And then there's people like me. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just kind of coming unhinged. So. I was uh, looking at a picture of you playing golf. You mentioned that, and you're in pants. And I was thinking back if I've ever seen you in shorts in my life. No, I've n- yeah, I've never no. seen you in shorts. No, I don't, I don't wear them. I, my papa never wore them, and I think that's kind of where I got it. And then I got chicken legs, so that's probably the other <laughs> other part of that. It looks like I permanently skipped leg day. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have tattoos on your legs? Not yet, but I'm working on that. I may wear shorts if I... If yeah, because why get a tattoo if you can't show it off? Right. Which leads me to the next question. I had texted you about this. Um, Raymundo had told me, he was talking to a girl, and she was like, you know, I got a Brantley Gilbert tattoo, and it was the BG with the G that tied together. She goes, if I show this at, in, at the door of any concert he's doing, they let me in immediately. <laughs> and so I texted you, and I was like, hey, what's the deal with this rumor? Had you heard that rumor before? No. Oh, you had No. That's new. <laughs> So, so they get in free? Well, I, I'm asking you now officially, if someone shows up at one of your shows with a Brantley Gilbert tattoo, in the past has there been, okay, come on in. Not that I know of. Okay, in the future, though, is it something that you would consider if more people would get them? Well, okay, that's a double-edged sword because I think it's it's slightly strange to see like my initials on other people. Okay. But that's better than seeing like the signed version of it, like this one guy. Asked me at this meet and greet if I would sign his head. So I purposely signed it, like, kind of jacked up, you know, so maybe he'd see it when he sobered up. I was like, ah, I don't need to do that. And he he, he did it. He got it tattooed in his head? On his, yeah. And it, I put it in a crooked spot where it wasn't, like, symmetrical or anything, and he did it. I, it's wild. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. That stinks. Uh, here's, you got five number ones, all which you co-wrote here. I'm going to play a couple of them here. Country must be countrywide. Ray, if you can hit this for me. Country must be countrywide. It's been nine years now since this song. Yeah. Does that seem like just yesterday, or does it seem like just a whole Brantley lifetime ago? Man, it feels like a lifetime ago, honestly. It, I mean, I'm not a rookie anymore. I feel like, you know, it's a... But, man, it's it's been a hell of a ride, man, and the guys that... They're around me, man. I'm surrounded by an awesome family, and we've been a part of this journey together. And man, listening back to any of those is kind of like a getting in a time machine for a minute. And but yeah, it feels like a long time ago. Also, in 2011, you don't know her like I do. Do you play this at your show still? Yeah, dude. I wrote that about my wife, who was not my wife at the time, and we were kind of broke up. And that was one of those songs that I spitefully put on the radio, <laughs> so she had to hear it all the time. And did she? Yeah. And what was that relationship like while you weren't together and she was hearing it all the time? We didn't speak or talk. 
It was <laughs> so it was like one of those breakups where it was it, it, we were we were we went our separate ways. I was kind of a, in not so good a place, and um, she uh, yeah we went so we were five years on and off, and then about five years completely off. We didn't see her speak, and then uh, we got back together, and we've been married five years now, and back together six. 2013 bottoms up. bottoms up. Now this this sound feels a little different to me from the others. Did you did you make a transition from 2011 to 2013? Was it a producer? Like your your mind of what kind of music you wanted to make? Man, you know what? I, I've always approached my entire career as as being a songwriter before an artist, and I think it's it's allowed me the freedom to kind of bounce back and forth between you know different influences and different sounds and you know it's uh you know it's it's given me a lot of freedom this next one 2014 one hell of an amen i would assume just me talking from what i've seen our listeners talk about and, and being around you that this is probably that the song that one of the songs people come up to the most and go that song really touched me mm, for sure man it was one of those that took on you know a, a different meaning almost every time it played and uh, as a songwriter one of the most rewarding things you know about writing a song is having somebody come up and saying hey man this you know I can relate to it or, or you know it, it did something that changed the way I thought about something helped me cope with something and uh, that one man what's really cool to me about that song is that it's you know when we play it live um, and when people hear it now it's not so much of a, a mourning of a loss or, or grieving it's, it's more of a an anthem about, you know, a celebration of life and legacy. What happens in a small town from last year, number one? All five number ones you're a writer on. Is that some sort of pride piece for you that it's like, I ain't doing a song unless there's a part of me that's in it? <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I take pride in being a part of the writing process. And, you know, it's it's my way of making sure that, that I'm telling my story. Um, and when people listen to a song from me, they can, you know, I can say that it's a it's it's a chapter of my life it's a it's a piece of my life it's something i've seen or been through or been really close to a situation close enough to feel comfortable writing about it so which leads me to hard days which we're about to play so this is your latest single so you talk about you know something from you tell me about what from you came into this song when you wrote it man you know to me <laughs> I had plenty of hard days to look back on you know i feel like we all have our our hard days and our hard memories and things that are still hard to think about to this day. And I love it because it comes from a place, uh, uh, you know, it meets you where you are as opposed to being preachy or soapboxy. Uh, it kind of just levels with you and, and, uh, and brings sort of kind of a, a helping hand into a coping situation. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Brantley Gilbert. You know, I mentioned a few minutes ago you had five number ones that you have, but I didn't mention the two songs that you wrote that Aldine did. You wrote My Kind of Party and Dirt Road Anthem. Yeah, which which is interesting because that was pre me getting into town, and so I when I was hearing the the Jason song, that's the only way that I knew it. But you had done it right, For sure. like you had recorded it, and then how? But how does that transfer go? Did someone could he go, call you and go, hey, can we do this? Yeah, it actually came through Michael Knox, who's a good friend of mine, and and man, I think the world of Michael. Michael's Jason's producer, and uh, he called, and and he and I and Colt were all kind of talking back and forth and he goes man like we'd love to cut dirt road anthem and you know that was a song that colt and i had done together and and we both had versions of it so it was man it was really cool and you know then he tells you know he turned around and told me man we like my kind of party too 
And that was <laughs> that was awesome because I wrote that song when I was really young. And I wrote it by myself, and man, I was new to town and stuff. And honestly, like it, it was one of those things where we still played it every night. We had a version of it, so I didn't feel like I was losing the song totally. And and he just made it, you know, his thing. And you know, it was uh, it was an awesome experience, man. And I feel like both of those songs kind of opened some doors for you know me you yeah. know kind of to come on the scene with a little more rowdy than than had been played before and I, mean, I think it, it worked out awesome big thanks to jason aldean for for doing that you know it's funny it sounds like a little bit on a, like a way less talented version of eddie and i's relationship because i'll be wearing clothes and he'll be like hey i like that shirt can i have it and i'll go well, I mean, it's mine. I'm wearing it. But it's like, when you can, but can I have it? And then I'm like, okay, fine. He goes, what about the hat, too? That feels like that's what Al Dean did with those two songs. Like, he got one, and then was like, one of the others. <laughs> well, I did have a couple people, you know, that are following that had to get on and do, like, a little video telling them, like, look, Jason Al Dean did not put on a ski mask and come in my house and steal these songs. <laughs> you know, and I didn't sell my soul by having them cut me. You know, it was actually a, a huge favor and a huge tip of the hat. And, man, I'll always be thankful for it. I want to ask you about your man cave because I saw you posting about it. And I, I guess it's over 7,000 square feet. It's between 6,507. Yeah. What? Yeah. How, that's, uh, awesome. that's huge. Yeah. Is it, where is it? <laughs> it's, uh, so I used to have this pole barn when we parked my bus under. And I tore it down and, and we built it right there. Okay. So it's right up like my driveway from the house. Everybody loves it but my wife. Do you spend too much time there? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have, so your, your old barn, so I have a barn at my house now in the back, and for us to do anything with it, we have to go and ask the city, or do you live so far in the sticks it doesn't matter? We just kind of did it. Yeah. That's how I feel I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> just do it and, <laughs> sorry, didn't know. Yeah. Ask for forgiveness, and if they won't give it to you, you be like, all right, it's there. <laughs> I mean. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So what all is in a 7,000 square foot man cave? So it's got room for the bus. And the bus park's in the middle, and then on the right side, uh, I have my 1968 Cougar. You're talking about my kind of party where it says get the cover off the 68. Uh, that car's in there. And then uh, Speed Corps built a, an awesome little F-150 race truck for me. Uh, it's in there. Um, I have another car that's on the way, and then my, my big truck, my f 250s in there. All my bikes are in there. I two little drift trikes and some uh, off-road stuff. Basically, what I did was took all my stuff and I'm really obsessive compulsive so I have these giant cabinets in between these these pillars that hold the building up and there's like a touring cabinet and then like a hunting and outdoors cabinet and then a sports and recreation cabinet and a tool cabinet and everything that I own if it didn't fit in those big cabinets and I didn't need it and I put a full bar in it uh, but you don't drink so what are you doing with the full bar? Everybody else does. Nice. So I have a full bar at my house, and I don't drink. See, there you go. And, well, really nobody else does either, but still it sits there and it looks good. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it's like a, man, it's a, and I got like Big Buck Hunter in there, like the the game, you know, with the guns and you shoot deer and stuff, yeah. and then like Golden Tee Golf, and uh, upstairs we got like sleeping quarters, so if you get bit, quote unquote, at the doghouse, you, you stay. can stay the night. <laughs> nice. I saw that you pay tribute to Charlie Daniels, and you did an acoustic cover of what's my favorite Charlie Daniels song, Long Haired Country Boy. Yeah. And just growing up, I was like, man, this is my song. Like, I'm from a really small town in Arkansas. I had a mullet a lot as a kid, and yes. I felt like this song was talking to me, but I feel like it's a very underrated Charlie Daniels song. 
Why why that song? Whenever uh, Charlie passed away, did you decide to play? Oh man, because that was just the the kind of "Don't Tread on Me, Charlie." The I just love what that song says, and you know the way it sounds, and you know I, I don't have long hair, so I had to put leave this bald head country boy alone. <laughs> I'm not bald either, you know. Well, I'm bald by choice. Yeah, you shave it. You shave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I saw that. Thought it was pretty cool. And I think also it was one of the first songs I learned to play on guitar because it's basically four chords. Oh yeah, and it's the four easy ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Brantley Gilbert is here. You guys be sure to stream Hard Days, download it. Uh, You know, uh, tweet your radio stations or get on their Facebook page. You don't have to call them because you know that ain't a thing anymore. But you can tweet them and Facebook them. Did you know that? I didn't. Call is not a thing. I call everybody. It's a problem. Are you a phone user? Uh, My phone is basically a computer that I don't talk on. I text, you know, but I mean, I'm old school, man. Like, really, really, I just got an old soul, I think. And, like, Borchetta gives me crap because my record label president, like, Instead of texting me like, "Hey, are you around?" I just cold call him <laughs> like eleven or twelve. At I night always think and... somebody's on fire if that happens. I'm like, really? "Oh God, somebody's calling me!" Yeah, yeah. The I've cold probably done that to you. Yeah, you have. Know. You have. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, "Oh my God, how did I anger Brantley?" <laughs> and I'm, I answer like this, "Hello." <laughs> Very tentative. I'm scared. Yeah. Um, Brantley Gilbert is here. I know you have your guitar. I'd. I know it's early, but would you mind uh, playing us a song here? Sure, man. I mean, are you aching? I guess my question is, because I don't normally have you play when you come in. I like just like talking with you. Yeah. But I feel like you haven't been able to play in a long time, and I'm actually doing you a favor. See? I, see, man, see? I appreciate it. How about me? Look at me. Yeah, oh, yeah look, look at, at me. You. Look at me. Because you know how much I love this. <laughs> <laughs> that's a story for another day. All right. Uh, and I do, and that's why we are almost never have you play. Um, okay. <laughs> Brantley Gilbert. This is uh, what will you do? Uh, bottoms up. Is that what? Is yeah, that what man, do? I can do that for you. All right. It's early. It's early. If if you're a drinker, you should probably just take the rest of the day off and. Uh, I'll do my hot tea. There you go. There you go. There you go. Hey guys, so because of licensing rules, we can't play anything with music on this iHeartRadio channel or podcast anymore. But you can go to bobbybones.com to see it. We hate that we had to take it down. It wasn't our decision, but I just wanted to keep you up, and we wanted to keep up as much as possible. So uh, go to bobbybones.com to watch or hear whatever you're missing right now, and thank you for listening to the show, and sorry about all the legal stuff. Mr. Bobby Bones. Nice. Love it. Come on. Yeah. All right. All right. Appreciate that. <laughs> at Brantley Gilbert, follow him. He can look at this big old man cave bar. Man, I don't even know what. I was like, I got to ask Brantley about that. And you brought it up in the middle of the, the segments. And we're like, yeah, the band guys are coming down. And I was like, don't talk about it yet. We're to wait till we get on the air. Listen, you know, I love when you come by. Always, always great to see you, man. Man, I appreciate you having me. It's always a joy to come here. Oh, y'all are good folks. You're funny, and, and uh, I thank the world of you, man. So I appreciate you having me. All right, there he is, Brantley Gilbert. All right, back in a minute. Let's hear from Jerry in Connecticut. Hi, Bobby. I live in Connecticut and listen to 92.5. On Sunday morning when you do your countdown, the top 30, when it gets to the number one song, this station plays the national anthem at noon. It's been cutting off the top song every week for the last month and a half. I don't know if it's something you can do, but I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great day. Can you imagine dialing in, you hear like this last seven or eight songs of the countdown? Because we're all waiting for the number one song, and it's like, and now, at number one. At least it's a national anthem. Anything else? (laughs) Anything else? I'm going to be like, what the crap? Uh, Jerry, I'll see what I can do. I think that's just them getting the countdown in earlier. Like, they have to start that thing earlier. 
uh, this last week's number one song was Maddie and Tay. At number one this week, it's Maddie and Tay, Die from a Broken Heart. And last week's number one was Chris Jansen Dunn. Sorry about that, Jerry. I'll get on it, though. Appreciate that call. Call us if you want. 877-77-BOBBY. The Show. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So Amazon just unveiled a new fitness tracker, and it's called Halo Band. And it's got a feature on it called Tone that tracks your voice to tell you how you're feeling or how you're talking towards somebody, like whether or not you're being a jerk, really. There's a computer that can judge our tone. Yeah, like it'll tell if you're happy, hopeful, confused, worried, affectionate, bored, apologetic. It's supposed to help with communication skills at work and in relationships, but the promo video really focuses on the relationship part. There's like a guy sleeping on the couch after a fight with his wife, and then he checks his halo band and realizes that he wasn't being supportive. So he goes and apologizes. (laughs) I mean, that's funny, but... If they're able to put things on us that judge our tone, they know every single thing about us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, they already do. <laughs> but even well, more so, like now they're judging how we're saying things, not just what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because you know that Halo Band's recording or somebody's picking up They've every got the human population locked down and controlled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how much is that going to cost? So I got to get one. <laughs> yeah. I go on this hole <laughs> after all that. I'm like, guys, this is crazy. Uh, how much? It's $99 on Amazon, but you can request early access and get it right now for 60 Five bucks, and it's out now. Yeah, I tried a couple of those bands. The Fitbit one didn't do so hot for me. I did a Whoop for a while. Nah, it was just I didn't really understand was it. Whoop the what's that sleeping thing you were? Yeah, in? well, that was just part of it was sleep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, what else you got? This is amazing. Ritz crackers is now going to be inside ice cream which can you already taste like the salty sweet goodness? So they've teamed up with Cool Hoss. It's a really weird looking ice cream. I've seen it at the grocery store though. It just like says Cool Hoss with really fun colors. And this particular packaging has Ritz on it with Ritz crackers. And they're going to be start selling it on their website September 9th. So if you're into salty sweet, get you some of this. And then lastly, Tim McGraw was reacting to Chadwick Boseman's death at 43. And he just encouraged everyone to support the American Cancer Society if you can. We've got to fight this horrible disease with everything. And, you know, Tim McGraw's dad played baseball and Chadwick's breakthrough movie thing was when he played Jackie Robinson in his movie 42 back in like 2013 or something. And uh, so Tim was just referencing that in tying it all in with that because he's really passionate about baseball and all that Jackie Robinson did. And ironically, Chadwick's death was on Jackie Robinson's day for the Dodgers, which it wasn't supposed to be that day. It just ended up being that day because of coronavirus. Yeah, it was pretty wild. I was just looking at my Instagram and I was like, what? The guy from Black Panther died? Yeah. I was a bit shocked. And then when I read, you know, as I mentioned earlier, when I read that he had been fighting it silently, I was like, wow. And then you started to see people talking very passionately about him that knew him. That's how you know he was well-loved and just wasn't like a jerk celebrity. You can always tell by the words people use when they describe somebody, you know, after they're not around anymore. If they really liked him, but yeah, that that was a tough one. That's a tough one. Even for me, I was I, I was a, a little sad by it. And usually when a celebrity dies, I'm like, oh, that stinks for them. But it doesn't really get me much. But yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. 
That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. So this soon-to-be bride's mother was traveling with her wedding dress the day before the wedding. The mom left the dress at TSA at Newark Airport. The wedding's the next day. She doesn't realize it till afterwards. The dress is gone. It's been turned into lost and found. So the brother goes online, files paperwork like, hey, we left this dress there. We need to get it back. But it says like disclaimer normally takes five business days to get whatever back to you. Well, luckily, this woman, Loletta, she works as a TSA administrative assistant. She saw that it was for a wedding the following day. So she made it priority, tracked down the dress, and then overnighted it to the bride, and she was able to hey, wear it on yeah. her wedding day. That's awesome. Good for, <laughs> good for everybody. There. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, good thing that mom was going to get in some trouble. Oh, I mean, how horrible <laughs> do you feel? I know. <laughs> all right, that's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. They say most people hate their driver's license picture. I have a pretty good one. And I got lucky that a listener of the show was taking my picture because one, she let me keep my glasses on, which you're not supposed to do. Hmm. And two... I was like, I don't like the first one. Do another one. Did another one. I wow. Gotta, I got to have a good picture. Like, as far as my picture goes, I could have be happier with it. This good chin line. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good. That's basically like. Professionally done. But again, it was like. Photo shoot. It was, but it was like on Instagram. You know, you take a bunch of pictures. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do here on the show. Is we're on our website, bobbybones.com. Oh, we're having our driver's license beauty pageant. So everybody's picture's up. Eddie, yours is just—it's—it's it's crazy. I—I I just picked the wrong time to grow a beard. I literally was the longest I've ever grown my beard, and I was like, "Oh man, my driver's license is expired. I got to go take a new picture." And they took that picture, and it looks nothing like me because I have a full beard. Yeah, it's your Mexican James Harden, basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Everywhere I go, they're like, "Huh, I'm gonna picture you without this beard, real quick." Okay, you're good. All of our pictures are up at BobbyBones.com. Amy, how'd you feel about yours? Eh, I don't like it. It's okay. It's fine. Was my a, passport's better. My passport's <laughs> my passport is I look like a murderer because oh, you, you only get one. Yeah, and then t- glasses off. Which passport is what I use? Morgan's now is okay. Yeah, it's a brand new one, so it looks pretty much like me right now. You kind of look like you're smelling a fart. <laughs> I will say I had to re- I, I had to retake the picture four times because the computer kept messing up. So that was a four try, and after that, I was like, I'm, I don't care anymore. Just take the picture and get this over with. And Ray just looks confused <laughs> in his. Uh, that was no sleep, and I went in there. Hair was a little messy, and I wasn't smiling. It's just a prison photo, pretty much. Yeah. Looks like you're scared of something. And Lunchbox has long hair on his. Yeah, I look so, awesome. Yeah. Go vote. Uh, BobbyBones.com. Well, there are numbers on them. Is that okay? These numbers are like Lunchbox's no. picture has 072. Probably not. Huh? Oh, it is? Okay. Oh, yeah, 725.81. Talked about That's okay. That's That information's out there. <laughs> it's got his driver's license yeah, number, address. We put up all of our stuff. <laughs> okay, uh, bobbybones.com to vote in this. Which picture you think wins the driver's oh, license photo beauty pageants? Uh, Amy, let's do the joke. Here we go. The morning corny. What kind of exercises do lazy people do? What kind? Diddly squats. <laughs> <laughs> That was the morning corny. How's it going with your kids at school? Pretty good. Like, they're really enjoying it. Although, Stashira did pray last night that uh, she hoped school get canceled. 
Because of coronavirus? Yeah. I mean, we pray We pray every night. A lot of times it's a, for good sleep, <laughs> uh, you know, having good attitudes, praying for their moms in Haiti, uh, Papaw. And then it was her turn to pray and she kind of threw in. And then also I pray we don't have to return to school. It gets canceled. And we go back to like distance learning because she doesn't like her socially distanced class. It's all boys. And she never gets to leave. She doesn't even get to leave for lunch. It's just not what she used to have. So she does not like the new setup. So they just sit in a room and everybody comes to them, including lunch. They never get up? Well, she doesn't. Stevenson gets to go to the cafeteria, but it's social distance and it's only on certain days. Like the way they're doing it is very smart. And I feel like it's the best situation and setup given the circumstances. But for her, she's not feeling it. She's with all boys, and she brings that up all the time. And then she's like, dear Lord, please get rid of all the boys and cancel school. (laughs) How is uh, the school part going for her? Great. She has homework all the time. I think every night we've that there's been homework, it's taken her two to three hours. Wow. So we're... Practice from home? Practice from home. You're right. Oh, I got to start practicing calling it that. And so it's good. But for her, I think her grades, I saw that... Anything a 92 and above is an A, and if it's below a 92, it's a B. We were like that. You were? Uh-huh. We were straight. It was 90 to 100 is an A. It was like A minus, A, A plus. Then if Bs were anything in the 80s, then Cs were anything in the, you know. Yeah, my mine went back and forth, but we definitely had up until 92 was, like a 92 was a B for a lot of my school career. Oh, I have never heard of that. Unless I just never paid attention to it. No, <laughs> because, I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> I was happy. Moral victory it. with a 91? You called it, it an A? Of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work at a restaurant, and I started washing dishes, moved to busboy. Eventually, after a while, I was waiting tables. And against what I stood for, the manager at the restaurant would say, hey, if you finish that plate, they're done, you take it out to the back, and that bread hasn't been touched, you put it back in the oven. That's crazy. Now, it had been on the plate of these people, and again, I'm young and impressionable, and also, I gotta pay the bills. I got car insurance. I have every bill to pay, so I don't want to lose this job. And so, that's what I did. And I'm not proud of it, but I would take the bread that hadn't been touched and put it back in the oven. Now, I'm not sure if heat kills the germs inside a hot <laughs> oven. In my mind, I had to think that it did, so I was able to live with myself. Because every morning I wake up, look in the mirror, and I'd be like, you should hate yourself, <laughs> you germ bread serving fool. But I did. And so what they would do is they'd put it back in, and they'd either put it back out on a plate, or they would chop it up into croutons or oh. salads. Haven't really gotten over that I was told to do that. But what happens is I realize if I'm not the only one being told to do stuff like that. If it's happening to me, it's happening to Mm -hmm. people and places all over the country. So I don't want to know, but I'm always a little more careful with what I'm eating. And there was a story, this former McDonald's worker revealing secrets from her job. A woman claiming to be a former McDonald's employee recently uploaded a video to TikTok First of all, I was saying that they lie about the McFlurry machines being out of service. Hey, Scuba, didn't you used to work at McDonald's? Oh, yeah, I worked there when I was 16. Scuba Steve worked at McDonald's. And before I play the clip, because she may yeah. say this too, it's not that it's broken. What they'd had, have you guys do? So what it was, as soon as we cleaned it down or put it, or shut it down for the day, our excuse was that it's broken because we didn't want it to set it back up and have to put the ice cream back in and go through the whole process hmm. once we've shut it down. So you don't want to refill it? We don't want to, yeah, we're just basically being lazy. 
All right, she also revealed some secrets like they're not allowed to accept tips. There's Here, here's a clip of her video. Here are some secrets I know from working at McDonald's. First one, the ice cream machine is actually rarely broken, at least at my location. We just didn't want to change those heavy bags of shake mix. Asking for fries no salt is just annoying. Just say you want the fries dropped fresh. Nine times out of ten, the fries are already dropped fresh. We're actually not allowed to take tips just in case you wanted to dip us, but I still took them, though. <laughs> the sweet tea was made in a mop bucket. Oh. And that was the big one. They made oh. sweet tea in the mop bucket. But, I mean, they cleaned the bucket. I don't know what they did, Amy. I put bread in an oven that people had already touched, so I don't know. Her name is Desi Joseph, has more than 5.3 million likes on TikTok. As to why some employees choose to bend the truth, they were told to. No one wants to lose their job. I didn't. I used to work at a marina, and we had a uh, like a uh, Mountain Dew and Coke, like not Frosties, but yeah, maybe. What, what do you call those things? Icy. Yeah, like, like an icy it, machine. Yeah. Man, it, we probably drank all the profits on that thing because <laughs> there was no way to regulate how much was in and out. People would just go and, and fill up their cups. We would, my, me and my buddy Evan would just sit there, especially if it rained, and probably put down 10 of them. And then at the end of the day, you write down how many people came in and got them, and you'd be like, uh, 40. And there definitely hadn't been 40 people in that day. Mm-hmm. That was another secret. Anything else? I'm trying to think. Like, whenever I would babysit, I would just hope and pray that the kids would be alive. Sleep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, and if they would, like, that was just the best. And you could just watch whatever you wanted on TV until the parents got home, but then act like you weren't watching TV. <laughs> A South African duo broke a Guinness World Record by singing karaoke for a total of 35 consecutive hours. Wow. Mm. Jacqueline Britz and Rhinus Lott said they had initially planned to sing for all 48, but they stopped because they were exhausted. The record attempt to raise money for a church. Uh, here they are, by the way. This is a 20-hour mark in their karaoke. I There are two things. One, you're going to run out of good songs a few hours in, songs that you really like. And then two, it, after about hour 15, it's like, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> you're not really like you're just, Yeah, like you're, there's no heart in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but they sang for 35 hours. Oh my gosh. Which is pretty wild. If you get, uh, we talked about this before. If you go to karaoke, what do you, what do you do? I probably, one of them I love is Wide Open Spaces by The Chicks. That's tough. Well, yeah. yeah. What? I, just pe- the chicks is still hard for me. Me too, but were, I can't that, say the I know, other one. I know. Well, you can't Make say it. Big but yes, that's not their name. When they were the Dixie Chicks. Yeah. I was with a friend yesterday, and my son wanted to play that song he loves. This is me. Oh, the one you danced to, and from the Greatest Showman. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Greatest Show. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so no, that's the name of the song. Oh, so I yes. So she didn't really know it so Stevenson kept playing it over and over and she has a beautiful voice and we were all singing it together and she looked over and she was like I never knew you had a good voice and I was like stop are you serious but anytime she, anyone she, tells Amy she can sing she lights she, up she said she's this is what she does so she notices good singers and she, I don't know if that song was in my range is she wanting to pay for lessons now like she sees just enough potential where if she works with you and you pay her just enough she can take you to the know. next level I thought I, I thought, I'm going to tell the guys about this and they're not going to believe me. But she, she was <laughs> we really. Believe you. We just, believe you. But why would she compliment me for no, no reason? Do you ever compliment people she's for really, no reason? No, she's really nice. But I said, stop. No, I know. And she's like, no, no. 
I heard you holding that note. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I promise. Uh. Lunchbox, what happened? I got heckled in my neighborhood when I'm out for a walk with the family. So there's this family sitting on their front porch, and then there's another family sitting on the other side of the porch, like maybe 10 feet away from them, and another family sitting in the front yard on a blanket, and they're all just kind of hanging out talking. And the guy on the porch, you know, has got his beer in his hand. He goes, oh, we got people over. Are you going to call the cops on us? (laughs) And I was just like, oh, this is awkward. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. I just kind of awkwardly laughed. And I was like, have a good night. I mean, just so weird. And so obviously... He listens to the show. Or I, word just or got out in your neighborhood yeah. that that you, and I have to know you're from the radio, oh, that you, the guy that lives at this house, called the cops on a group of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a graduation party with probably about 50 people, and this was just three little families, so there was maybe 10 people, and they were very socially distanced, and I just felt like, oh, this is so awkward right now. And you didn't say anything back? No, I just kind of laughed, like, ha, 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 have a good night. And I wave at him, and I, oh, I put my head down. I'm like, I'm that guy in the neighborhood now. What's the situation walking? Because you have two young, really young kids, huh? I have a two-year-old and a six-month-old. And so the six-month-old rides in the stroller, and the, the two-year-old insists on walking. So we walk very, very, very slow. And we take forever to go two blocks. I mean, we're talking an hour to go two <laughs> blocks because he picks up every stick and every rock and every, I mean, everything, anything and everything. He wants to pick it up and it's its kind of annoying. It's a metaphor for parenting. Uh, any you- <laughs> chance that your kids were embarrassed that their dad's known as the curmudgeon in the neighborhood? Oh, yeah. oh probably. I mean, for sure. Like, that, that is, like, my wife was embarrassed. She's like, oh, no, so they know who we are. <laughs> She's like, well, we're not going to make friends with them. I'm like, no, let's just keep walking. But that didn't ruin it. You ruined it. Yeah. It's, it's young you. you no, should- no, I did what was right in society. I'm protecting everybody. Okay. So own who you are. You yeah. should have been like, hey, yeah, no, actually, I'm not going to call the cops because y'all have less than 10 people and you're socially distanced. Good job. Yeah, and then put it back on them. Just own it. I, I was hoping he was going to be like, oh, no, come on and have a beer. But he was just like, he didn't. Uh, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're All definitely right. not getting invited for that. <laughs> it's time for the good news. With producer Eddie. Tell me something good. So this little six-year-old boy named Wilmer, he's from Harvey, Illinois. He has celebrating his birthday, but the town of Harvey got hit by some massive storms and they lost power. So his celebration really wasn't that great. Well, some students at the nearby high school, they're uh, student athletes. They heard about this and they decided to help little Wilmer. So they uh, have this campaign going on called Make a Difference on and off the field. So part of this, they said, let's help Wilmer out. They gave him a new bicycle and a $100 check that he can give to a um, charity of his choice. Oh, cool. So they gave him something and then gave him something to give to somebody. Boom. Oh, that's nice. Go for those kids. I bet they got a good coach. It's kind of. Yeah. Some and, good coaches are, and parents are influencing that too. And they can't play right now. So this is something that they could still do together. And they're the Bengals. So. Maybe next year they'll win championships. If they're the Bengals, tough. I've been a Bengals fan for a long time. They don't win crap. <laughs> they don't. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. All right. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Let's hear from Isaac in Richmond, Virginia. I have a Tell Me Something Good. Um, I'm at 7-Eleven, and there are about five teenagers who were trying to go in the store, but they wouldn't let them in the store because they didn't have masks. And the USPS man is outside the store delivering his mail, doing his job, and he had a whole pack of masks, and he handed them out to the people. And so he handed them masks, and they all got to go in. 
So I thought that was really nice. All right. Love you guys. Hey, Have a good day. Thanks for sharing that. That That's is nice. good. Yeah. Hey, share your Tell Me Something Goods with us, too. You can leave a message like he did. 877-77-BOBBY. How was your weekend, Amy? It was really good. I mean, what what happened? Low-key, but my dad finally got to come over. So that wow. was like For the, the first big, time since Corona. Huge moment. Yeah. He said he was sitting in our backyard and we were all hanging out. And we were just talking to him about it, what it's been like. And of course, we've gone to visit him every week, but for months he was behind a window. And only until the last month were we able to see him on the porch at his assisted living place. So now for him to leave, he said, I feel like I have been let out of the cage. For And so for six months, he's felt as though he's been in a cage. And you didn't get to touch him? No, we didn't touch. A secret. Mm-hmm. No, not even secretly. <laughs> Just for his safety. I get oh my it. gosh, how awful if I was asymptomatic for some reason and then I transferred it to him. Oh my gosh. Woo! But hopefully they let him come back all the time. But that's probably wishful thinking on my part. But that's cool. we were still great. It was still awesome to have him over. Um, what about you, Boise? How was it? It was good. I We taped another episode of my Nat Geo show that will start next year. And without revealing too much, it was whitewater kayaking. And I was with somebody that's a really inspirational person. The thing about kayaking is you're, especially in white water, you have to wear helmets because there are rocks and big waves and you dump over. And so you have to wear helmets and padding. It's like almost football on the water. And so, and the boats are tough to keep up, but, and you also seal yourself into the boat. You put a seal over you so water can't get mm-hmm. in the boat. And when you dump over, you don't come out of the boat. Someone has to crash into you with their boat and you have to put your hands and feel it and then pull yourself over. What on earth? Oh, the, the <laughs> training. Who, who, who has to crash into you, though? One of the other riders. What if they can't get to you? Well, they say you have about 15 to 20 seconds. You need to stay underwater, sealed into the boat, hanging upside down. And if you can't, there's an eject pull. And then you, you pull, and then everything, your boat and stuff go flying down the river, and then you you swim. Wow. And they say when you have to swim, put your feet up and your head up, and you go. And, and you're also going over rocks as it's happening. Oh, yeah. I was going to Yeah, so does your... Did so your head hit rocks? Well, I'm not going to reveal that. Oh. I'm not going to tell you if I lived or not. <laughs> I, I think he lived, guys. But, uh, <laughs> well, I know you lived. You're here. But it was wild that, that a lot of the training wasn't the rapids because you can't do those until you get in them. Yeah. But it's how to be rescued. And so, and, and we're in Idaho going down these, you know, different cliffs and, and rivers, and they have all these different levels of cliffs. One, the, one of the uh, rapids was called AMF. They were like, okay, we're about to go to an AMF. What do you think that stands for, Amy? <laughs> Adios, mum. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Really? Like, those were the names of those things. Rick Perry style. Yeah. Adios, mother. <laughs> and so, um, I, I called it Adios, my friend. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your version. But it was crazy, because when you dumped over, you don't get out. You have to wait for someone to come, you have to T-rescue you, and they slam into you, and you just hold your breath as you're fl- upside down. In the, it's, it's wild. But I did it. I lived. It was the first dangerous thing that I've really had to do. I sent Eddie a video. No, it's great because there's a there's a part in the video where it looks like Bones gonna flip over, yeah. and Bones reaches his hand out like he's gonna grab the water, and that's gonna and stop him no blowing over. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah, but like I, I I the paddle. I didn't even use the paddle for <laughs> instinctually. I don't remember this. I'm right. gonna jump over. I take my arm and start slapping into the water. <laughs> yeah, they're probably you- like he's definitely not experienced. <laughs> Do you feel like you're are you, like you you walked away proud of yourself or uh, like some of the stuff when we all see it are you, you going to be embarrassed? Of course, I'm going to be embarrassed. But I'm supposed to go into these things 
where I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. And this one I can tell you because I've already, I won't do every episode, but it was the, the guy who's the kayaker that I'm with used to serve in the military, but he's completely blind. Oh, and he's kayaking blind. And so he's going through all this crap with, with no vision. So that seems yeah. extremely difficult. Extremely difficult. So anyway, it was great. I mean, I had a good time. Came back. Like, I'm tired. I was, my back is so sore because it's about a 12-hour shooting day each day. And that second day, we were on the water for 12 hours in those kayaks. So but it was great. Hey, after this stuff, do you want to like buy a kayak? I do not. Okay. No, right. I don't. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going out on do top. That again? <laughs> yeah, I'm Seinfeld in this thing. I'm a, All right. But it, it, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good. This is Corby from Iowa. Uh, morning, Bobby. Morning, studio. Uh, I've been listening about eight years. I used to live in Antioch, Tennessee, outside of Nashville, and I have actually moved back to my hometown in Iowa, which is about an hour outside of the Velisca Murder House. So I would love it if I could come over and hang out with Lunchbox and try to debunk some of this supernatural phenomena. But either way, we'll be thinking of you. And thank you, um, everybody, for all you're doing for the derecho victims here in Iowa. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Thank you for the call. Yeah. Raymundo, how many days? 50 days. Until Lunchbox goes to the ex-murderer ghost house. It seems a little busy, doesn't it? That's a lot of stuff. (laughs) I see dead people. Oh, Oh, now he's adding movie clips. (laughs) (laughs) I think Ray just did busy work on this. Okay, so 50 days until Lunchbox goes to the murder house. Um, we're going to actually get on the tour guide tomorrow at this time. The guy that takes people through that knows the history of the murder house. He's going to go spend the night there, but that's tomorrow this time. All right? Okay. Are these things cheap or are these things frugal? Okay. What do you think the difference is in your mind? Oh, uh, cheap is like a you're being cheap, like a cheapskate. <laughs> you're trying to, you're stingy with your money for no real reason. Nice. I like that. That's a good definition. Like and, you're just stingy for the sake of it. Right. And then being frugal is you have to be smart about how you spend your money. And you're you're trying to respect that. Okay. Cheap or frugal? Not taking your turn to buy everyone a round of drinks. <laughs> cheap. I would say cheap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, buying generic food products. Like, for, as a kid, we never got the boxes of cereal. We had to look at the bottom, and instead of Frosted Flakes, we had Flakes of Frost. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that is frugal. That's frugal. Yeah. yeah. That's not cheap. That's frugal. Because you really can get, it's like generic medicine. They're like, do you want the generic brand? Heck yeah, I want the generic the brand. Same thing, man. There's no difference. Yeah. Regifting. Is regifting cheap or frugal? Cheap. Ooh, I don't know. Because sometimes you have a gift that maybe isn't for you, but you can give it to somebody else, and they're going to love it. I'm going to go with frugal on regifting. Okay. Because I never regift because I'm like, oh, I just want to get rid of this. But if I have something I'm not going to use and it's, I give it to Eddie, I'll take it too. I'm going to go very frugal. Nice. Okay. Really? Is anybody else with me on this? Y'all all think it's frugal? I think it's frugal. Uh, I don't think people. I don't think people are going to disagree with you angrily. <laughs> but generally speaking, uh, I would think it's it's frugal. Okay. Cheap. Okay. No, it's, but it's your opinion, not ours. Uh, watering down the soap and soap dispensers. Cheap or frugal? Frugal. Ooh, that's cheap. Soap, <laughs> soap gets right to my heart, though. You gotta be clean. Soap gets right to my heart. Like, okay. I'm going cheap on that one. Like, okay. there's some things you just shouldn't. Yeah. Okay. Not blasting the air conditioning right now when it's super hot. 
It depends on what you can afford, but let's just say you can afford it and you're my husband, you're being cheap. Oh, I was going to go frugal. Okay, you have a personal no, story there. No, he is being frugal, but I I don't I don't need to be hot when we can have it on, but I <laughs> it does I am thankful for my air cuz I know some people do not have it. Only tipping the minimum amount if it's 15 to 20%. Like cheap. regardless of how good the service is. Yeah, cheap. cheap. Agree, cheap. Uh, trying to find deals or coupons for everything you buy. Frugal. Agree. Nothing. No shame in trying to find. Yeah. And then finally, eating. Think about this one before you yell out your answer. Eating expired food. Ooh. Generally, cheap or frugal. We'll say them at the same time. Think about it, though. Let me know when you're ready. It's not a game, Amy. We're not playing <laughs> against each other. I'm ready. One, two, three, frugal. frugal. Yeah, because... Okay. They put those dates to make yeah. you buy to, to buy more. I agree. If you smell it, if it's you green, do the smell yeah, test. Smell and see. <laughs> if yeah. it's green. Yeah. <laughs> like bread. If my bread's expired, but I don't see green, I eat the bread. Mm-hmm. If, or how, or you peel or the green off that white. Yeah. Off. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm not too good for that either. Yeah, me neither. All right, and that's been cheaper frugal. Thank you. Um, we should do corny after dark. <laughs> okay. For our listeners <laughs> that are new to this show, Amy does a segment. Eh, hour and a half or so ago. It's called The Morning Corny. It's a little corny joke. Fun for the kids, most. That's how it started. Amy loves corny jokes. But now there's a new hybrid where it's it's a little more adult. So we I don't save know it if for, I can say some other things. Well, we'll bleep it. Ray is sitting there with the bleep button. Mm-hmm. And if we have to bleep it, we will. Okay. And, and if it's bleeped, you can hear the full thing on the podcast. Podcast is uncensored. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. Okay, Ray, are you ready? Yep. Let's do the corny after dark. And now the morning corny after dark. Why are men's voices louder than women? Why are men's voices louder than women? Men have an antenna. <laughs> I don't get it. Is that the whole joke? Or did you end? <laughs> that was it. Men have an antenna? <laughs> Oh, oh you're going to have to beep this, Ray. She means their penis. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you didn't get that? No. Oh, and I didn't did. until Amy did her hand in an upward motion. <laughs> <laughs> and you started laughing as soon as you finished it. She's still laughing. Stop. My eyes are going to water. I'm not going to be. I've started modestly. <laughs> and we do not have antennas, by the way. <laughs> I have a little, little, little <laughs> transmitter, transmitter radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay, I need a tissue. <laughs> okay, okay, hit it again. Okay. And now the morning corny after dark. What's the best part about gardening? What's the best part about gardening? She's laughing so hard she can't even say it. <laughs> Come on. What's the best part about gardening? Getting down and dirty with your hose. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's kind of funny. That's, that's kind of corny. That's really funny. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. All right, hit me with another one. And now the morning corny after dark. What do you get when you cross a penis with a potato? Oh <laughs> Wait, the setup's dirty. Yeah. Wait, okay. So we gotta beep this the first, you know, we'll do the beep the first thing. What do you get when you cross a penis <laughs> with a potato? A dictator. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad. That's bad, man. You guys gotta go to the podcast today. <laughs> oh, I think Ray's fingers oh, getting tired from bleeping sorry. everything. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Do you have any more? I have one more. Okay. 
Is this the coup de gras? Morning corny. That one kind of went. After okay. dark. Go ahead. I didn't know if we'd do three or four, but here's the bonus one. How is a girlfriend... <laughs> is it worse than the other one? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's just different. Go ahead. How is a girlfriend like a laxative? How is a girlfriend like a laxative? They both annoy the crap out of you. Mm. Okay. <laughs> then that one's not that dirty. Fine. No, yeah. I mean, but... Yeah, the w- dictator one's one that got us. <laughs> That's what... I thought we were just doing three, but... Yeah. Okay. Okay, so bonus. Ugh. But yeah. Thank you for your jokes, Amy. That was the morning corny <laughs> after dark. So Lauren Aikens is Thomas Rhett's wife. You were with her? Yeah, I was hosting her virtual book launch. And there was a Q&A and we were going back and forth with questions, but organically stuff was coming up. And so she started talking about an ex-boyfriend or them being friends with exes. And I thought, oh, wow. So what about your wedding? Were there any exes at your wedding? And she goes, oh, yeah, we had exes there. But she said one of her most recent ex, I think before Thomas Rhett, and they had dated for a while. She invited him, but then he called her and said, hey, I'm not going to come, but not because I don't want to support you and Thomas Rhett, but I don't want the attention to be taken off of y'all. Because, you know, they're from a smaller town. Everybody knows everybody. And he didn't want to walk in and be like, oh, the ex-boyfriend's here. Oh, drama. And she thought that that was really mature of him. And they're still all friends to this day, but he did not attend the wedding. I wouldn't invite a single ex to mine. I don't want my about-to-be wife to even have a half of 1% weird feeling on her wedding day. Well, I and guess- I guess it would depend your age, too, when they were exes. I mean, I think... Because if it was I'm, like high school, who cares? Well, no, but they got married fairly young, so it was it was in that young 20s yeah. college range, you know? And I think it was the one right before she got back together with Thomas Rhett, or whatever. I have no... I, I would not invite an ex to the wedding. And I'm cool with exes, but I would no way, never... You Did you? No. Anybody your Lunchbox, did you? Uh, yeah, I had girls that I'd uh, done the thing with at my <laughs> wedding. Yeah, I mean... And did you tell your wife that? I mean, my wife knows... I mean, it was. It, it, we, we no, that's not the question. Did you tell your wife that? <laughs> yeah, we didn't date. It was more of like you know flings, and I mean, we've been to their weddings. It's no big deal. You invited <laughs> flings to your wedding. Yeah. Did you tell your wife who they were and that you had a fling with them before the wedding? Yeah, she knew. No, that's no, not the question. Did you tell? You not you <laughs> like I don't understand. Yes, she knew that we. I had how been, did she know? Because you told her. Yeah, or like she oh, just, how do you know this girl? Oh, we met at the club. You know what I mean? We did. You didn't invited invite. girls you just met at the club to your wedding? <laughs> yeah, we became friends. You know, hey, <laughs> at pool this, parties. Why at, does his voice change when he's like, yeah, you know, yeah? I'm just saying, like, there are girls that I had um, had relations with, and they were at my wedding. I've been to their weddings. It, you know, my wife knew about it. Not a big deal. She, Bobby, she knew. I said, you know, she's in the club. <laughs> pool party, baby. You know, we do, we do it at the pool like, party. Club is code for whatever else. So did your wife have any exes there? No. Would you have liked it if she would have? Nah. You wouldn't have had it? Nah. Did you, what if she just didn't tell you? What is there anybody on the guest list where you, she invited and you just didn't know? No, because I knew about her dating history and she didn't. But I, you did. But you didn't date these girls you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, what if she had some flings? What if she hookups? went to the club? Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah, I don't think so. More, I, I'll have to ask her about that. Now you got to bring it up. <laughs> may have a little problem here. Raymundo, before COVID shut your wedding down, were you going to invite anybody that... No, just because I moved around so much. That's probably the reason. What about her? Can she invite anybody she used to date? She could, but she's not still friends with those people. It's very bizarre that Lunchbox was still talking to them regularly. Girls from the club. <laughs> it's bizarre that you would still talk to them a second time. 
<laughs> after we just made out with him at a club. No, no, I'm not, I'm not talking make out, guys. We're okay, talking, all right, you know, all right. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's a, that's a fun. <laughs> I can't handle <laughs> the way his voice changes when he starts talking about this. I mean, it's been a while since we talked about Lunchbox's club days, but. Yeah. His voice changes. Once Mark used to say he'd make out with multiple girls a night. Oh, man, we'd set goals like, oh, let's get five tonight. So you go to one bar, make out with chick, next bar. And once you make out with a girl at one bar, you got to move to the next one. He would come to the morning show from the club. Th- this is a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those were the days. What was the, the record, you think, of, of girls you uh, made out with? one night. Eight? And and then you tell them, listen, we always go to this bar Soho at the end of the night. And so you would tell all of them, hey, I'm going to be at Soho at 120. And so you just tell all eight and see how many show up. And then you pick from the litter. Oh, my gosh. What? So you make out with them all night. Yeah, until different the end of the bars. Night. But yeah. every, one, every time you say, hey, we're going to be here at 120, then you see how many come back around. Yes. If they remember, if they didn't have too much to drink, and if you know two show up, then you got... To pick from two. Or they're like, oh, what just happened? Because you don't want to settle at the beginning of the night. If you just latch on at the beginning of the night, it's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Heaven forbid you latch on. And you are such a prize. This is clearly (laughs) pre-coronavirus. Yes, it was. But it doesn't matter. That's still disgusting. (laughs) All right. All right. This is Laura from Fresno, California. I just wanted to thank you guys for being so positive and um, you guys are always preaching to fail until you don't and follow your dreams and um, after hearing that for three years from you guys I actually am doing that I've always wanted to own a wedding venue and now we are building one here in the valley so if you could give a shout out it'll be opening in 2021 the hills at LND Ranch I would really appreciate it thank you so much you guys are amazing well, congratulations Sounds like a big deal to you. I'm glad it's working yeah. out. That's pretty cool. You guys can call us and leave us a message, questions about the show. You want to hear a segment? You want information? 877-77-BOBBY. All right, thank you very much. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, thanks for listening. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.